everybody. Welcome back for another week of Megasheen, your podcast for all things gay and geeky, told by a Black gay geek perspective. <laughs> it's Victor, and I love to laugh for no reason. Oh, what's up, everybody? It's Nick. And we back. Yes. Black in action. Yes, we are <laughs> Black in action. So much foolishness is going on. The last two weeks has been a whirlwind of madness. It's it's a, it's, it's amazing to be alive throughout all this right now. <laughs> it really is. It's an the, unprecedented time every day. It really is. From studios down to the damn government to the great pumpkin up in Florida. There's just all that stuff just going on. Just so much going on. But we're gonna, you know, get into so a little bit of that today, especially Warner Brothers. But Nick, how are you doing? You know, I am trying to be in a different headspace these past few weeks. Um, so I've started, uh, like before I start work, I'll get up and do like at least 45 to an hour's worth of yoga, stretching, whatever. Just to, first of all, it's just because, you know, the body is getting a little older and it can't do what it used to be 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Second, it's just to kind of clear my mind and get ready for like the day. And I feel like that has helped a lot. Um, other than that, you know, Still job searching, uh, ready for my vacations, mm-hmm. Flora. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm planning a, I have to talk to you about this offline, but I'm planning a secret B-Day getaway um, in March. Uh-huh. So that should be fun. Okay, B-Day getaway out here. <laughs> I love that, you know, you're talking about changing, you know, frame of mind, because I think a lot of us should do stuff like that, like, before you go, because, you know, it's sometimes, you know, you're about to go into some mess, whether it's in the office, Uh email, looking at Twitter, looking at bills. (laughs) Um, Especially bills. And sometimes you have to be like, you know what, let's just get it over and done with. I had to get over a fear of looking at my bank account, because I don't. And I'm not trying to act like, oh, I got money. It's just, I just got, sometimes I, I just don't look at my account. Um, mm-hmm. I'm fortunate not to always like eye it, but then I have to be careful with that because you can find yourself just spending money for no ass reason. And I had Should to I do that. And I had to bust <laughs> myself out <laughs> about like, bitch, why are you going out to eat every other day? Almost every day for lunch, bitch. You better go pick up some turkey and some cheese and some wraps uh-huh. every day or make your, you know, or I make this, um, I don't know what you call it, hamburger meat, garlic, uh, cauliflower and cheese. Make that. <laughs> that, that A little pot skillet, something like that. Yeah, you know, something where, you know, onions in it, it's good, you know, got the cheese in it, and stuff like the hamburger helper. You better make that for the week and have that for lunch. And I did, and I was like, why have I not, just what is, what why do I get into a space where I'm just like out here trying to spend up money? It's because I make more money. I don't know. I had to break that quick because again, I have to remember like I want to do fun stuff. You know, I want to 
go places. I, I want to be like Nick, go to multiple trips. Don't uh, do that. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick is out here flexing. So I, you know, I want to do that stuff too. But the little it, that little stuff grows. You know, when you think you're like, oh, it's just ten dollars, ten dollars every day, ten dollars mm-hmm. every day. That's fifty dollars. When you could have spent that same ten dollars, bought your turkey cheese and wraps and that would have got you through a week. So it's almost like if you stop and think about it that way, you have to slap yourself because you're like this $30 meal, I could have had lunch all week. Right. You can have groceries almost. If you good, you can, $30 can get you groceries for a week if you're smart. If you're smart about it, if you yeah. if you got coupons too. Yeah. So I, I was, you were saying like, uh, like that uh, kind of pot skillet or whatever that little thing i was making i made some chorizo some peppers and onions some spinach you know threw that together mm-hmm. threw some garlic powder in there and whatnot some red pepper and then i threw that over some for some rice and that was a meal mm-hmm. so you can eat decent and that would that should actually be good as some tacos yeah uh no shade um <laughs> But with these, these crazy ass prices for food, and I'm like, buying you got to get a hold of these chicken prices. I know, you know, I'm like, you know, we have to talk to we have to talk to the Biden administration about that because we're gonna <laughs> talk to Beto or talk to um who somebody up in there. He ain't in there yet, but you know, we have to talk to Pete, <laughs> somebody in there to be like, look, um, because I, I think um Dr. Jean Paul mentioned this the other day. Six dollars for a, for some cereal. I don't eat cereal. I was floored. I'm like, I thought cereal was like three dollars. I was like, I didn't know that, that much money. I was six dollars, and then I was hurt that poly sausage is like five dollars. I'm like, when did poly sausage come five dollars? This was a a three dollar meal. <laughs> I can't find no decent poly sausages in Kentucky. You know, my mm-hmm. kind of hot is not the same as white people's hot. Yeah, you know, they get mild, and then they want to bellyache about heartburn and whatnot yeah <laughs> i had this um when i was in where was it? i was in lincoln nebraska mm-hmm. of all places mm-hmm. i had this um this raspberry hot sauce like ghost pepper hot sauce when i fucking tell you that shit gave me heartburn for the rest of the week that shit was hot <laughs> like oh it was hot I was like, okay, so, you know, these Nebraskans, you know, they might vote for Trump and they know a little bit something about their hot sauce. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, these food prices. And I have, and before we really get started, I, I we, there, <laughs> this is, I should took a picture of it, but it makes much sense. So down the street there, we have a KFC. We used to have two. They got rid of the other one. People protested about that. They, they seriously did. <laughs> <laughs> it was on my old street and they put in the Starbucks and we literally have three Starbucks within a mile of each other which I'm like that's outrageous but um the second one so apparently every there was a protest there was like seven people out there four black people three um Latinos they were out there because they were like, they never have no chicken ready. They never have nothing ready. Those breasts never ready, nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So I did go one day because I was like, let me give me a quick meal because I really don't feel like cooking. I'll just give me two breasts. 
it's gonna be 25 minutes. I was like, you ain't got no breasts down, nobody breasts, no crispy, no original, no. Now, someone reminded me like two weeks ago, I did go by there and they didn't have, they had no original. They ran out of original recipe. So we were like, okay, well, I saw, you know, I was just being nosy because that's what we do over here. And I was just like, so, y'all, you know, tell me the things. And they was like, well, basically it's because they don't never have, they never had no chicken ready. Every time we would come over here, this man was like, I've been here. He had, this man recorded every time he went there. He went there six times. He said there were, every time they didn't have thighs, they didn't have breasts, they didn't have this. And so they were making a thing. So they called corporate. And they were, they were out protesting, but they ended up calling corporate to be like, either you shut this down or y'all fix this because this is sad. Um, and then there was a person from Popeyes was like, y'all can, like, we, there's two, there's two Popeyes within a mile and a half of each other. And they were like, well, why don't you just go to Popeyes? And they was like, well, we don't want to go there because y'all ain't ready either. So I'm like, damn. So they're about to go off on Popeyes. It will never be that serious for some, oh, some KFC. <laughs> I was so stunned. I was like, yeah, I said, they do have a point about Popeyes because the Popeyes down this street, they it feels like they never ready. But they do got this, no, 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 that's, they got two cute guys, one Latinx, one white, husky, thick guys working the thing. And I noticed when those two are working the drive-through and the front, there's always a certain amount of gay people over there. So it's just kind of weird. All right, all right. I was <laughs> laughing because I was like, this is kind of funny because I've noticed some of these gay folks to be up here in these short shorts um, out here, me included. And, you know, out there sitting up there trying to get their chicken. It's just so ridiculous. But anyway. Speaking of places, before we get started, they had knocked down the last Lone John Silvers and Lexington. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what? Hey. Let, me, uh, let me call Carla because this is this is unacceptable. <laughs> unacceptable. They took away the one we had at Pacoima, which is nine miles away. I have to go down to Compton to get Long John Silver. When I get my hair done, that's my treat. I go over there <laughs> and go to there and just you know, feel great about myself. If they take that one away, the closest one will be in Vegas. The closest one will be where? Vegas. Girl, you just might have to let it go. <laughs> you just might have to let it go at this point. I just can't believe it. And Lexington, oh. I feel like the Long John Silver's was thriving in Kentucky and in, in the Southern states. Well, they had, remember they had like the A and W and the Long John Silver's for like the longest time, and then those started going away. Um, and then I saw what was it like? I want to say three weeks ago on the news that they had knocked that motherfucker down. I was like, oh, Victor would be distraught, honey. I would have been, we would have protested. We would have been in the streets because it might have been just me, but I am really, I know people clown me for it every time, but I'll never forget. I happen to like it. I love it. And um, I'll never forget when I went down to Pacoima and I went there and I saw, I noticed, I went into drive-thru. I was like, yeah, I want to order, you know, the L10. 
we don't serve lunch at Simmers anymore. I was like, well, then y'all need to shut down. I'm so upset. But then y'all like, need to they had like the whole thing, like the whole signs and whatnot, but they were saying that they didn't serve Long John Silver's? Yeah, so it, it, here it's KFC and Long John Silver. So in this area, including Vegas, it's KFC and Long John Silver's there together. Which uh-huh. that's a good person, that's a nigga's dream to some degree. <laughs> have both of them there. And the one in in uh Compton is always lit. Like that's always packed. Everybody's up in there all the time. But the one in Pacoima, they they shut, they only just do KFC away. Anybody I say, anybody will come over here if just that's all you're gonna serve. I was really upset. I said I drove eight miles just to be disappointed. That's gas. So um that's really that's really upsetting. I I, I just told Michael last night about Ponderosa and Bonanza because he didn't he never heard of those before. Has he heard of Chi-Chi's? Chi-Chi's is gone. He's heard <laughs> of Chi-Chi's, but he's never heard of a Ponderosa or Bonanza. I was like, oh, that's big where I was from. I mean, they have combined now. Like I think they're combined as one place and they're only in like in Ohio, Indiana. <laughs> but right. uh, I was because we went to um Outback. That's another fine establishment. And uh, no it is not. I, no <laughs> you might you might say things, but you're not gonna lie on this good man <laughs> Outback is a fine establishment. No Ooh. man <laughs> that's what Absolutely he says not. too. Because I I I I stand for Outback. I will stand for Outback. But we was there. He was like, I, like we have a Sizzler. We have Sizzler here in LA. Mm-hmm. And Sizzler, people be, let me tell you something. When places was closed in the pandemic, the Sizzler was one of the few places that was open and serving folks. And people were there. When I worked at USC, they used to have a Sizzler across the street. It's gone now. But that Sizzler was lit. All the time because starving, you know, college kids was always at the Sizzler. So we still have Sizzler, but this area has never heard of Ponderosa or Bonanza. They still, when I was on the road, where was I? When I in Knox, was it Knoxville or Nashville? Knoxville. There's a, a um a Ponderosa there, but that was like two years ago. I was like, ew, <laughs> Ponderosa. Oh. Now, I haven't been to Ponderosa since the 90s. Not even that, maybe. But you remember Shoney's? Yes. And what hurts my heart is because in my hometown of Union City, Tennessee, Shoney's was the pre- <laughs> Shoney's was like going to Spago. That was like... <laughs> Shoney's was fucking Nobu. <laughs> it was. Shoney's was Nobu. Don't let don't get it twisted. Shoney's with Nobu. You was doing something when you went like we was going to Shoney's. That was a prom. That was a prom <laughs> place. That's where you went after prom, but before prom, that's where you went. People went there when they were after they got married. Like that was an establishment. Uh, we only got big boy here. We have big boy and um Burbank and they mm-hmm. laugh every time somebody they have one they have like multiple t-shirts they have a t-shirt that has Shoney's and they they said they can't sell it because nobody knows what Shoney's is I'm like well give it to me because Shoney's I used to have a dope ass breakfast yeah mm-hmm. they don't have a buffet though and I was like I had to tell Michael like Shoney's always had a buffet 
Mm -hmm. like a buffet i'm like the only time he he literally and i don't i took a picture i put it on twitter we were coming back from palm springs there was one kfc that had the buffet Mm -hmm. and they had the huge sign like kfc buffet he was like i have never heard of that they i'm like ever did that in california i was like well where i was in kentucky we we had the buffet we went that buffet was good too it was because we went every Sunday in college. We were still in chicken. We had we had plastic bags. Like we were putting the chicken in the bags. Because mm-hmm. because they let you they did that. Well, it's according. We had people. We knew people who worked there. Mm-hmm. But it, but you but they will let you take something home. But you ain't supposed to pile it up. But you know, being niggas, we did. We we had our plastic bag. Filled that up with chicken, but that was a good moment. If if y'all have never experienced a KFC buffet, y'all missed out because they used to give you, you had all the chicken you could eat, mashed potatoes and gravy. They even had peach cobbler, um, mm-hmm. and that was that was some good peach cobbler too. Like I mean, it was it was acceptable. You know, I'll give them that. <laughs> you know, it was good enough. Um, right, it wasn't mamas. That's what they. Yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. You know. It went big, mamas. Yeah, it was, it was. It was whatever recipe they got together. But they they had some stuff. That was a good moment. Y'all would never know. Y'all would never know. Like y'all never never know Taco Taco John's unless you're in Kentucky. Y'all would never know. <laughs> and I miss Taco John's. They don't. Oh have- my god! Now see, now this podcast has become the restaurant, <laughs> the fast food places of yesteryear. Yes. But I, to this day, people laugh at me because it's not in this area at all. They only know Taco Bell. And I always talk about, like, nobody went to Taco Bell. We all went to Taco John because it was better quality, even though they both mm-hmm. were. But yet, it was, I felt it was better quality of me. They, and she, like, I, what they was giving y'all over there at Taco John's, you felt like you were really eating. Now, Taco Bell was, like, where you just went when you was just... Down and after your last dollar. Yeah, that way you just spending nickels. Mm-hmm. But you saved up to go to Taco um, John. Anyway, let's just get on to it. Right, let's get into it. All right, well, with this Aunt May's tea, a lot has happened after Comic-Con, after all the announcements. Well, I think we need to talk about Beyonce first. Oh, you know what? Let's talk about Miss Beyonce. So Beyonce dropped an album couple of weeks ago we were all into it um this album is kind of homage to you know a lot of the house and dance music that was coming out back in the day around the garage paradise garage around all types of the great things especially with more the black scene and what was done back then we may have to invite craig to come on back and talk about this song because he's a historian when it comes to all of that stuff I was thinking the same thing. And um, so, you know, the music we, that a lot of us were familiar with, you know, Alternate, um, Lonnie Gordon, um, Martha Wash, when she was being, you know, mishandled when it comes to the dance music, but we knew her voice. Twice. <laughs> yes, Donna Summer, um, so many greats, Gwen Guthrie, um, so many people that have been a part of the house music scene for so many years. Mm-hmm. Um, Beyonce kind of dropped an album that kind of gave us a little bit of that. Jomanda gave us a little bit of that in the music. You can feel it. 
um, but also gave us a little bit of Beyonce in it. Um, and Renaissance, I believe is one of her best works um, where it was really no skips for me. Um, I really enjoyed it, but yeah. she released it. I got one of the boxes. I haven't worn the t-shirt yet. Um, it's so funny because the box is sold out and everybody's pissed off because they didn't get a box. Like, they, you knew they was going to sell out, girl. So like, I, I was like, y'all, I said, yeah, y'all should have known the minute Break Your Soul come out. Y'all should have been starting right there, getting your money together. Y'all should have started. When she was, when those little leaks were coming out. Yeah. yeah even before the, the, the single dropped. You should have been like, what, this next check is pretty much Beyonce's check and then we're just going to go from there. Now, some people did get all four. I thought I'd get all four, but I was like, let's just get one. Because I we didn't at the time really know what to expect. Right. I just got one and I got it, and you know, and I'm really excited about it. Um, Target, <laughs> Target always got cussed out because Target was selling out of all of the Renaissance stuff. Um, and if y'all saw on Twitter, people were literally at Target cussing out folks about like why y'all didn't stock up. Y'all knew the minute this album was gonna come out, we're gonna be over here buying it all up. Um, but this album was really good and I really enjoyed it. What did you think of the album? I thought it was really good. I like, like you, there was no skips for me. Um, the transition between cozy to energy to break my soul was nasty work. Mm -hmm. Um, nobody is doing it like Beyonce, mm -hmm. period. That full stop. Now you can be in the hive. I'm not in the hive. But I do recognize where somebody is perfecting their craft. And Beyonce is just doing that for me. Um, I think this might be like this whole series uh, might be her last big hurrah before she might retire. Hmm. I didn't think of that. Cause I, like I'm only basing this off of cause Serena is stepping away from the game, which child, when I read that article in Vogue, I was quiet. And then I saw her when she lost in Toronto. She started breaking up and choking on her tears. And then I started breaking up and choking on my tears. Mm. <sighs> but yeah, I think after this whole collection of Renaissance, uh, Beyonce, she'll maybe go on tour. I, I don't, I don't know, but I think she'll she's gonna wind down her career after this. Yeah, uh, and it's hard to say that because it is because we know you know like Diana, Tina, Hattie, they didn't quit. Like they took some time, and then you know they came on out, did something else. You know, Diana is, uh, she has a hit with the, she had a song on the, on that new Minions movie. Um, and people, that song is being played everywhere. So I, there's a part of me that's like, would she really go away? Because, you know, Tina came, came <laughs> Tina gave us two farewell tours. <laughs> uh, and then Tina was like, I'm going back to my castle in Europe. Bye. I'm done. Uh, Diana, Diana has a, um, she's gonna be at the at the Hollywood Bowl, which I'm trying to decide if I want to go back. I think I'm gonna, I, of course I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go um, and see that. But then Grace Jones too. Grace Jones has a show coming up in November, so it's kind of hard because these queens haven't completely stopped. 
So it's hard for me to think that maybe Beyonce will stop because she may be inspired. She may be like, this is 50 and do something on her 50th. Right. Because you think about it, Madonna, Janet, all of them are still giving us, Madonna's doing a little bit too much, but I will still give her credit for some of the things she's done. But you know, Janet's still giving us good stuff. Janet Janet was still on, she was just at uh, Cincinnati a few weeks ago. So I don't, it's hard to kind of predict when they'll, when they'll step away from it. Because, you know, back in the day, you kind of saw the trajectory of a, or the trajectory of a, a career. Yeah. Now, like you can be a woman of a certain age and still have a, a blossoming career where, yeah. wherever you may be. That's true because, you know, you think about, it doesn't have to be the way they are, but it could be like, you think about uh, even Donna Summer before she passed, Donna Summer had a resurgence and she was still doing stuff. Um, and we were all feeling it, enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Nancy Wilson before she passed. They were still doing shows. Uh, Dionne Work is, is doing shows. These people are still doing shows and they were still good. You know, Nancy Wilson, I, I didn't get to go, but I had friends who went to see her and they was like, it just felt, they was like, you just wouldn't thought this woman was, you know, in her, I, I can't remember how old she was when she passed, but in her 70s or close to her 70s or what have you. Or, I think she must have been 80. Oh, but, you know, they were like, you just couldn't tell because her voice was still just as rich. Um, and, you know, you, Dolly Parton, you know, these people are still out here do, doing the work and stuff. Reba McIntyre, Reba McIntyre about to have a new movie out. So, mm-hmm. and probably do, and, and, and probably have a, you know, a couple of songs for that. So, um, she was just nominated for an Oscar for one of her songs. So, it's hard to predict, but you know, who knows? Beyonce may be the one to be like, okay, I'm gonna, I got three kids. <laughs> I gotta get them to school. I gotta get them together first. And maybe, maybe, you know, maybe at 50, I'll do, you know, I'm a mom. Yeah. I'm well, see, yeah, that's what um, Serena said. Like, she wanted to, she mentioned in that article that Olympia wanted a daughter. Well, I wanted, wanted a sister. I'm sorry. Um, and you know when you're doing a sport like tennis for what 20 30 years mm-hmm. you know that shit gets a little rough on the body mm-hmm. so i can understand you know people wanting something different um i just don't it whenever beyonce says that i'm done with music it's going to be hard to say goodbye mm-hmm. because you're right the girls are not doing it and it's so funny because I remember I was a I, I even participated a little bit of the pettiness but they were talking about um Duke well, what's her name Duke Lupa Dua Lipa. yeah they would say well she released kind of a, a disco I would say y'all cannot compare let's not do that cannot compare that to renaissance i am so sorry i didn't even i didn't like that album i don't know what a lot of people liked about that album i i listened to it, i was like this is all right um even no shade to, to, to kylie minogue she put out a disco album and it was cute. yeah it was cute but it i didn't it didn't it's like a new age me. kind of disco yeah, like it didn't, some songs stuck with me some didn't like this didn't, it didn't stick with me like Renaissance is sticking to me. I find it myself, 
I'm at the gym, it's Renaissance. We're playing Renaissance at the gym. I'm in the office. I'm feeling like, a, you know, it's that lag moment in the office where it's like, oh, I'm a little bit tired. Let me put on Renaissance. Right. You know? Or just randomly, Renaissance is hitting me every five seconds. And it's funny because every, you, you see a lot of people, you see a lot of our Twitter faves. Like, I've been listening to this album straight through, like, for days, and I don't know why. It's that addictive. It's that cute. It's that, you know, there are students, and I I made a joke about it, but these hoes are really doing it. There is um, a statue of Traveler, that's the horse, at USC that they use when they run around the football field. Mm -hmm. There have been students who already got in trouble trying to get on that horse take their Beyonce picture. That's how ridiculous this is. So if y'all don't know what Traveler, just Google Traveler USC, there is a statue of the horse. It was there the last few years I was working there because we have Tommy Trojan on one side and then Traveler on the other. <laughs> and they have been trying to get on this horse for years, but they they really tried to do it for it. But um, it's, it's a really good album. There's really nothing. And I kind of feel bad because there have been other, like Don, if y'all know who Don is, Don has been giving us similar music too. So I will say, if you get a chance, listen to Don. Um, she's been giving us similar music to Renaissance. It, it may not be Renaissance to some of you, but it's in the same range. It's in the same listening thing. If you're gonna, you know, Spotify will give you, like, if you listen to this, um, it will be kind of that same playlist of things. Right. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Renaissance is a shit. If Renaissance don't win album of the year, well, wait a minute. Lemonade should have won album of the year. Yeah. Back on, on what? 2016? Yeah. So... And Adele told y'all it should have, like, she was basically saying, right. Most of my speech is basically why this should have got it. But I have to thank everybody who worked on this album. Let me do that too. <laughs> so. I, I, there's not enough praise that I can give Renaissance, mm -hmm. except just to listen to it over and over again yeah. and not get tired of it and see all of the different references. Because Beyonce is a bitch that knows her references. She does. I can't say the, the, a lot for these other girls. Yeah, down to the looks. Some of the looks that she did was pay homage to Black designers, Black models. Um, even, even down to when you listen to Pure Honey um, doing mm -hmm. that honey piece. And it's so funny because I think that, that, that piece came up what, a, like about a year and a half ago when it was just that, that clip was just surfacing on Twitter. Randomly, yeah. yeah I randomly. And I think that when, you know, somebody in her team saw it, because it's cute, you know, for those of us who are faggots, we love, <laughs> <laughs> we love some some catty mess like Miss Honey, because that'd be something we would do in our own house. Mm -hmm. Or if we cut down somebody, we'll be like, give me that mic. And be talking about that person in their face with your two side dancers like they were doing. Um, but if y'all notice, if y'all peep what's going to happen with these videos, um, she is kind of doing that, Miss Honey piece with the green hair, uh -huh. the back of the dancer. So I'm very curious to see what, and you know, what I love about this whole thing 
is Beyonce has been, she's kept that kitten heel on our neck from the day that was released, from Break Our Soul to the album. To the remixes. The remixes, the, the Vogue remix to, and I want to see a Janet remix now. Like I want, there's a part Are of me that's recorded like, together? No, and that's why I'm like, that, that needs to happen. Because, you know, when I listen to some of um, Renaissance, I'm thinking of Throb. I'm going to say that. I knew you was going to say Throb. <laughs> <laughs> because you, you cannot, you cannot think of, not think of Renaissance and not think of Throb. Because Throb will fit in that whole album. If Throb is a horny ass song. <laughs> it is, but it, but it makes sense though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a classic that should have been a single. It should have been released. Um, and the remixes of Throb is everything. And if y'all, if y'all, have, there's a video out there of her dancers now when they're 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 doing Throb, and she has different dancers and everything else. And Janet, you know, is, was that uh, what she was doing on um, SNL? Do you remember that whole? Yeah, that was Throb. Okay, because that, ooh. You know, I'm a bitch that loves some choreography. Yeah. And that choreography was stank. Oh, yeah. it was so good. So now I have to listen to Throb again. Now I would look for that clip again because that was a moment because they all had this different look and they all, and that was when Janet had her native, it, it, it will probably be, you know, not good now, but she had her, that native. American look with the, and I had that stuff too, the chokers and all that mess. But um, it was that right there, that choreography, that beat, the way that is. And I feel that what we're going to get with Renaissance, we're going to see a little bit of that. But I would love if they will team up and do like a remix somewhere because I just feel like it, it just it just makes sense. Because if I see Beyonce doing a hand performance or some floor performance or a duck walk, or whatever the fuck, if she's giving me the five elements of Vogue in any of these visuals, I'm gonna pass out. I'm just gonna pass out. get it. And I remember, um, what's her name? F FTX FKX wherever FKX. Uh, uh, yeah, Twins. did that, did that um, in her earlier videos because that's yeah. she, she was. Huh? She was really doing. Yeah, because she always talked about like, and what I loved about her is she did recognize like she said through. The, the contributions we've given to dance music, house music, as Black people, I want to also showcase that too. And I love that about her. But um, these little video clips that we're seeing, we still don't know when these videos are dropping. Mm-hmm. So that's going to come. They're already done. I know they're already done. They're already so. done. Um, so we're just like, when? We don't know when this is happening. I feel like we need to get ready because I think a tour is coming maybe sooner than we think. Now, Beyonce, no, I'm trying to do all these trips. She gonna have to give me grace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you can't be doing this because Janet's gonna be touring. You're trying to do stuff. It's like, wait a minute. Like we still recovering from Comic-Con, some of us. So that's just, mm, mm. and the holidays are coming too. So don't, let's not think too much. Right. Ugh. Lord, but, yeah, Renaissance is that girl is an amazing album. I can't think of anybody who's doing anything like this. Uh, but I'm this, sorry if I was one of the other girls that was releasing some music like right about now, 
I would have it moved. Yeah, just you have to be at a different genre of music. You have to do like classical music at this point. Like you have to be like Enya. Uh, no, no, we are, we're not gonna knock Miss Enya. <laughs> no, we're not gonna knock your moods. Yeah, Basha, you're gonna have to be one of those people. Basha got some some good. <laughs> Don't do Basha like that. I'm just saying, you gotta, new day for you. you gotta be over there. You gotta be over there to do something and be like, okay, I, I'll do something. Manhattan transfer or something. Yeah, because it's not gonna be. I'm not gonna be over there in that. Um, Tyrant Inferno, I'm gonna be over here in my lane because if I get over there, I'm gonna get just because he's gonna be Jennifer Jones at the end and then fall out and die. <laughs> so, yeah, y'all don't have to stick to, and it's funny because some of Renaissance made me, I don't know why it made me go back and listen to Lisa Sansfield for some reason, but um, Lisa has some good remixes that is kind of disco y housey, but Lisa mm-hmm. has the voice though, too, and um. It made me also go back and listen to Save Me by Lisa Fisher. Um, Cause that, Lisa, uh, and, and I'm late. I just start, I just saw the 20 feet from stardom wherever that documentary was. I know what you're talking about. It's still um, my, my Hulu queue. Yeah, and um, Lisa Fisher, and I was just watching about Lisa Fisher. And I was like, I forgot about Save Me cause Save Me is a, is a cute dance house song she has the vocals for it. She has the vocals for anything. So I'm just saying, anyway, if you haven't listened to the Renaissance, y'all need to start listening to it. Go get it. You can still get it at Target when you can. It's out mm-hmm. at Target. Um, it's never there. It's been out since it came out. Um, and I love watching the, the video clips of people like talking about how many, you know, they bought the Renaissance. So they buy the t-shirts. Somebody has all four t-shirts. Uh, I, I've been told I can wear my t-shirt at work because somebody wore their t-shirt at work. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna do that, but <laughs> I was like, it's right in the closet right now. But yeah, y'all need to get into that album if you haven't gotten into that. Now let's get into DC and I don't even know where to start with them. Because it's just like some grade A bullshit that's going on over there. It's 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 really mismanagement. It's like again, because yeah, didn't again. a sister get hired over there? For I remember a story that somebody, a black woman, was uh, hired over there to like get them in line or whatever. Was that? Am I not remember that correctly? Or I want to say because there has been two women who are supposed to be in charge, but right now it's Discovery because Discovery has it. I can't. I, I want to say I remember. I have to look that up. They were there was somebody in the mix that was going to try to help get this stuff in order. And I know there was a, a president. He was an Asian man, and I think mm-hmm. he's. <laughs> um, but. Something is just not, something is not. And why is Discovery going into HBO Max versus, why is HBO Max going into Discovery versus Discovery going into HBO Max? It it doesn't seem like Discovery has, that doesn't seem 
right or a wise business decision at all? It, it doesn't because I'm not, they try to like one is going to be for women, one's going to be for men. The max is going to be more for men. Discovery be more for women. I'm like, I don't know why y'all doing that, but HBO Max seems to have been working well. You, the only have, thing they need to work on is the, uh, their interface. True. That's it. But their series was, they got people winning Emmys. They got Emmy nominations out the wazoo. They have surpassed uh, Netflix. All that. They, to me, I was like, y'all doing well. What was the change? What was the reason for the change? Yeah. What was the reason? Yeah, what was really going on? But the thing we're going to really get into is the DCEU, the DC Cinematic Universe. We have been talking since day one, year one, about... Episode one. Yeah, about what has been going on over there. Why is it such a, a mess over there? We've seen the movies. They're incoherent. They just don't really all connect well. And then when you stop and think about it, let's see, we have three different Batman right now. Mm-hmm. We have two different Jokers, about to have two different Harley Quinns. When one of the Harley Quinns is doing well, very well, to, you're just like, why are we even thinking of another one? Oh, because it's Gaga. Um, we also have, we, we they had a, a television series universe that didn't really match up with any of the TV shows, really. But they try to do, they try to do them all under uh, what was that the crisis? They did the crisis of the TV series. Don't really coincide with what's happening now, or mm-hmm. so that's another thing. Uh, so it, it was just that we were just. There's been some loss there, but recently what has happened is they were working on Batgirl, and that movie was had a Latinx, a Latina as a lead. Um, Michael Keaton was returning as Batman. We didn't really know much of the story, but we knew that was coming. They have, that movie was pretty much done. They had to go through post-production, but they have shelved it. We'll never see it. Um, $90 million. $90 million. Don't know how you just do that. You know, you can just throw it on HBO Max. Of course, you could we could watch. They threw that damn Shiner cut on HBO Max. That four-hour fucking movie. I know that. That like, hurts. You mean to tell me, folks were sitting in one sitting watching that damn movie? How uh, whatever the big bad guy was mad because his daddy didn't pick up the damn phone, and uh, his daddy told him to get some fucking boxes from down the street at the. I know, it was. A, it was it was Trump. It was a Trump story. That was a Trump superhero story, basically. Like, oh, don't get me don't get me mad about that yeah. fucking movie. <laughs> we the timeline is all completely off. Mm-hmm. So, not only that, but let's talk about Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller is the Flash. His ass got a cult going on kidnapping people, whatever he's doing. Breaking and entering. Yes, arrested here, arrested in where? Everywhere, damn. Well, four to Hawaii, I, I think. Anuka, he just, everywhere he goes, arrested. And yet this movie is still coming. 
but they don't know. So recently they have three scenarios how they just move it. They may shelve it, recast, just let it be out. I'm just like, just just throw it away, basically. Right. Um, if you if you're gonna try to fix it, just throw it away. Cause you already you already uh scrapped a Batgirl. You scrapped a, a Scooby Doo animated movie that was forty million. So you're already lo- your loss is already one thirty. So if you've already written these off as a sunk cost, why can't you just do the same as for the Flash? Especially considering how he is bringing the brand of Flash down. Yes. So yeah, like. You have that other guy, um, Gus, who can, if y'all want to recast it, bring him in. He can, you know, do it. Um, he can reset. Because basically, I, this movie could be the reset to a new DC universe. Because of, you know, Flashpoint, because of those things, we can do, we can do that and call it that. But it doesn't seem like they're going to do that. And jumping back with the Scooby-Doo piece, the Scooby-Doo movies do well with kids. They do. They do very well with kids. And they also do well with regular people. People are still talking about those Halloween girls or that the girl band that was in one of those movies. They're still mm-hmm. talking about that. And that movie was out, what, over 10 years ago. Shit, so, I think it was like the 80s when it came out. So, so I'm just saying, y'all, y'all, that, it didn't really make sense. There's some shakeups going on over there. But what I want to draw attention to is what the recent news was. And I don't know how completely true it is, but there was talks about Dwayne Johnson, otherwise known as The Rock, acting as a Kevin Feige for them. And I was like, okay, all right, all right, all right. Now, I'm one of the rare people, maybe, who who just did, I just do not like the fact that The Rock is gonna be Black Adam because the character Black I, Adam- I don't like it either. Because the character Black Adam is such a complex and interesting character. I felt that that probably should have went to an unknown or it should have went to someone Egyptian. Uh-huh. Because it's funny because I, I heard someone say, well, that's kind of hard to do. I was like, um, Marvel was able to, Moon Knight, that, most of that cast was Egyptian. They were in over there filming most of it. Um, they, right. It was like they were able to do it. The way they just um, revamped and reboot the Atlanteans over there in Marvel to kind of represent um, Mayan um, history or Aztec history. You couldn't tell me y'all couldn't just found someone. It's not hard. It is not hard. It's so not hard. And I thought saying that the oh well uh, the rock was gonna is the single-handedly trying to make this movie happen or whatever the case might be. I'm like, you know what? At some point, you have to not allow yourself to be swept up by this capitalistic mentality that, oh, these certain people are going to make it happen. You know, The Rock is going to play The Rock in whatever movie he's in. And I've said that plenty of times on here. So if he's going to be in uh, that false scientific movie called San Andreas, if he's going to be in The Scorpion King, where he played the scorpion and he was an Egyptian, again, whether it's going to be in Jumanji or whatever, he's going to be The Rock. And like you said, Black Adam, the little bit I know of Black Adam, there's nuances to him that make him be the person that he is. 
And that comes with a level of acting that The Rock simply does not have. Yeah. You can have all the muscles in the world, but if you don't have like a, if you can't Angela Bassett your way out of a, uh, some dialogue, then you just don't have it in you. And I, The Rock has never had that in him. And I, and I, I get it. They put him in there because they know they was gonna bring hype to this character. But I, because I believe because Marvel proved to us they could take a character like Iron Man. Someone that a lot of us was never seen. Seeing nobody it. ever saw it for Iron Man. Yeah, and then take him up to levels we just never thought would happen. They could have done. And to put Roddy, uh, Robert Downey Jr. in that role when he had had issues with substance abuse, mm -hmm. he was uh, in in and out of courtrooms. The last movie I saw him in before. Um, Iron Man. Wasn't he in Gothica with Halle Berry? I don't know. Let me look about that. But you, you, it's, yeah, they took, but he is a good actor. Though. And so that's one thing, you know, they were willing to give him a shot because he's a good actor. And he, he wasn't there. Yeah, Robert is a good actor. I just felt like what they should have done with Black Adam was give it to someone unknown let him build up this, let them build up some credibility. Because to me, The Rock is just, it's just not gonna give it the, the, the power it needs. It's gonna get ridiculed because it is The Rock. And I feel like that they, if they wanted to start these movies, they should have, if they wanna take a page from Marvel, Marvel did most of these movies, most of these movies were led by unknowns. We knew Chris Evans, little bit but he wasn't as big then when he took we know him and he was in cellular he was in uh, not another teen movie when he oh well, he was fine <laughs> yeah he was in a few movies chris hemsworth we never heard of this man we never at heard all. at all and now we know him as thor we knew a little bit about scarlett johansson we didn't know as much about some of the other people they did put in these roles we didn't know a lot about elizabeth Olsen, we knew she was one of the sisters. <laughs> mm -hmm. We knew nothing about her. We knew a little bit about, you know, uh, Humperdinck, Cumberbatch, whatever. Okay. Cutie. That was, that was ugly. That was very that was ugly of you. Um, but we, we, we knew about him a little bit because he was in one of the Star, Wars, Star Trek movies. He's done a lot of work um, with Sherlock. He was Sherlock in the Star Home series. Mm -hmm. But the, the key piece is these were actors, people that we knew that who could act, they could do things. I'm not, you know, I'm not hating on The Rock. I, I enjoy The Rock. I enjoy watching the movies that he's in. I just didn't think this was the best casting, but to hear that they are looking into possibly having him playing a bigger role in that DC universe, it, I don't think that's great. Why, why would Black Adam be a bigger part in the DC universe. No, no, no. They want Dwayne Johnson just to, to be sitting on, you know, the main team of staring the rest of these movies. Why? Show us your, uh, cite your sources. What have you done except wrestle and do these bit of these summer blockbuster films that makes you qualify to do 
a multi-movie, multiverse, multiple character, multiple storyline project. You've never done that in your career. So why all of a sudden you want to you want to have a a position to command all of this? Like that is very white of him. That is very white of him. And I guess It needs to go to somebody else. It it honestly does because he does not have the the receipts for. He he does not have the receipts to he he can sit in a group. You know, it could be a group of people, but there needs to be a head person. I, I don't think that will be him. But he can sit in the group and give his opinions. But they need to be a little bit smarter about who should be in the room, who should be at the table. I read something that they were thinking of doing. Uh, they were. A, toying with the idea, excuse me, of having Greg Berlanti be like DC's Kevin Feige. And I'm like... I, I, uh, I say no, because he's already did that with their television world. He was in, He's pretty much been in charge of all of that. And you see how that goes. I, and I don't... It needs to be someone completely new to it. New, not new to the to comics, but just new to it, to where that person can concentrate and get it together. I, I, I'm really struggling with the future of this. Then they just said they, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna do another ten year planning. Thing. Y'all should have did that ten years ago. Yeah, because it's like y'all are way behind. But part of me is like, you know what? You can because you know Marvel is already out in a sense that you can be a little fresh, but you're gonna really have to hone in what story you wanna tell, who we kick it off with first. How do you wrap up all these- Lucians. Cause again, you got three Batman, you about to have two, you got two Jokers, you got two, you know, of different things. You also have like your side series like um, that you have out here. You got Doom Patrol, you got- yeah. Titans, you got, I would even put Harley Quinn, the animated, in there. You got, um, what else? Peacemaker. Peacemaker. They were supposed to be doing a Amanda Waller only storyline or series. Um, You had Lucifer. um, And you kind of have Sandman, but this is kind of its own thing. Um, Right. Which is really good, by the way. We'll talk about Sandman another time. But um, I just really want DC to just go on a retreat and just really talk about how we should reboot these movies. Who do we start with? Do we need to do recasting? Not really. You can still keep um, um, Gaul for Wonder Woman, keep um, Henry for Superman. Figure out who's going to be the Batman because y'all haven't figured it out yet. You can keep Jason Momoa for Aquaman, but you really need to start thinking about who do you want to focus on? Get out of the Batman world doing everything because that's too much. It's, it's still too much Batman. Uh-huh. Really focus on building Clark and Diana. You haven't really built them. You've built out Superman, but it's time to really build out 
kind of, if you want to redo this universe, start with, with Wonder Woman and Superman. They really need to be defined in this universe. They need to be together. We don't have to ignore Wonder Woman 2. And just really try to, just, just, there's just a lot. It's like, y'all are literally building a house with limited instructions. Hmm. And, and uh, I need, uh, Gal Gadot to get in some more acting classes. Because that I, I was a little bit too, say, yeah, a little cringe worthy. I just need her to. I don't I, know. There's parts of me that's like, I really, I, I need to believe that she's Diana. And maybe the cartoon kind of spoiled that for me, but I really need to feel. I mean, Susan Eisenberg's voice of Diana is iconic mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. But I don't know what they're going to do. I, I honestly, I do not see them writing this ship because they have got it wrong for so long. And I don't, I don't know what is it going, what's it going to take to get them to get their shit together because it just seems like I said this last week, well, last episode, that they have like this sort of screw you mentality that they know what they're doing. And when it doesn't go over well, then they're like, they just throw, the, throw up their hands and say, well, I give up. Yeah. And so, I mean, we can go on this, but we're gonna kind of just leave it alone for now. I know everybody's already, you know, had their say. I just feel like they really need to do it. And maybe this maybe this discovery group might be the best thing. We it's very early. They may have like look at all this and be like, okay, what jump we we got to really just start all over. And maybe this is what this kind of is. Maybe because it is sloppy looking right now. It's all like this is a mess. Well, we have to get it back together. But y'all just really I don't get paid for it. So. Y'all, really, y'all just need Jesus and everybody else to help y'all right now. They're really doing right. All right. Well, let's put these teacups away because we have another segment here that's going to be really exciting and everything. And, and Nick did a great job with this. So anything else before we jump into the uh, king size issue? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. As always, you can always find us on the internet. I'm at what Porter say, Richards and Wonder Man 5. You can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Magazine One. Um, if you want to contact us through email, magazine6 at gmail.com. Um, and like Victor said, we have an interview with artist J.R. Price coming up which was really cool. Um, he's a good guy. And I enjoyed his album that's currently out. So we will get into that interview right after this break. All right. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us on this episode. Um, as always, you can follow us on all over the internet at Megan Sheen. Uh, like, rate, subscribe to the podcast wherever you download your podcast. Um, so now for our King Size issue, we have a very special guest. I joining us today, we have Grammy-nominated songwriter Jake Price. Following up on his 
EP Daydream, JR is here to discuss his newest EP, Nightmare. Nightmare explores the five stages of grief through a dark, chaotic journey one must travel after experiencing loss. So please welcome to Mechashine, JR Price. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here and gracing us on this little podcast. <laughs> so we're just going to get right down to it. Your newest EP is called Nightmare. Uh, talk to it us is. about this project and, and its importance to you as an artist. Yeah, so um, I have another album called Daydream, my first album. Um, you know, here's the album cover. I'm like happy <laughs> in a pool. I'm all like, you know, living a daydream, you know, pre-pandemic, everything was like so happy everywhere you went. And, you know, at least for me, I was very hopeful about my future. And then the whole world shut down. Right. And I was like, what am I going to do? And in those two years, the past two years, I went through a lot of loss and separation and heartbreak. And it led me to this project, um, which is Nightmare, my new album. And it, you know, is my growing up album, my sophomore album, where I'm exploring more mature thoughts and more mature themes and growing up a little bit in my music, you know, and taking more risks than I did in my first one. You know, I was trying to like serve hits on Daydream. <laughs> and and this one, I really um, dived into my emotions and right. how I was feeling after these two years of loss and what could get me through it. And I think that the five stages of grief are a really healthy mechanism to journey through loss and heartbreak so I took that journey to acceptance by making this album yeah excellent yeah I think um, we've talked about this a lot on the show how the pandemic compounded literally every feeling especially grief and the loss of you know whatever that might be whether it be a loss of relationship loss of family friends you know loss of job loss of oneself because I, I know personally for me I it was hell going through yeah. the pandemic um being basically locked down and you didn't know you know what to do and compounded with everything else it was oh child it was just a mess and <laughs> it was a mess for everybody like not just you not exactly. just me everybody yeah I mean what can you do I mean it was a global pandemic you know everyone was affected right literally and it just shut down everything Absolutely. And it was just out of nowhere and shocking. It was shocking. Right. It was shocking. Yeah. So listening to this EP, there seems to be different genres that you experiment in. Um, what genres and artists do you pull inspiration from? Um, well, I'm over-encompassing in pop, right? And pop is an umbrella of everything. Like everything melds into pop music. Um, but for this album, I was experimenting more with my like... Um, folky singer-songwriter pop vibes. Like, I was more influenced by, like, Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, um, Shawn Mendes. There's a lot of um, Canadian Canadian influence, too. I'm a mm -hmm. big fan of, like, Avril Lavigne and Atlanta Set. And there's an artist named Alex Johnson, who's from Canada, who I'm hugely influenced by. And all of those singer-songwritery pop musicians, but mm -hmm. like those hooks are engraved in me. So there's still always a hook in the song, but I wanted to get more introspective lyrically and um, especially in the production. My producer, he's influenced by like Coldplay and 
you know, real like bands with real instruments. And I wanted mm-hmm. to dive into that more and explore a real pop sound like that was more infused with culture and real instruments and rock and things I didn't really get to explore a lot on Daydream because I was doing like an electronic dancing thing. Right. Um, but just real songwriters were more influencing in this one. So like Jewel and Michelle Branch, like there's all of those mm-hmm. people in there. Um, but yeah, like definitely still pop for sure. Yeah. Right. Uh, your voice lends itself. Uh, it reminds me of uh, Broadway a lot. Have you considered that another avenue that you want to explore with your music? Um, I actually, that my degree, I went to school for theater and oh, okay. performance and musical theater and dance. And I moved to New York to pursue Broadway. Um, it's just, I mean, as much as I love doing musicals, which I've done them, you know, forever, I, it's not the same as performing my own original music. Right. Um, it's, you know, when you become another character, you're, I mean, like not, not anything against other people who do it right like I'm an actor too like I totally live for that but right now where I am in my life post-pandemic I think I need to focus more on being me instead of becoming another character and that's really my whole problem with musicals I mean I might I'm thinking about writing a musical um Mm -hmm. I've been looking into that with my producer and everybody because uh she and I have been working on writing musicals for other people before and so we're thinking about writing one but I don't know I don't know the whole thing kind of scares me it's um a lot more investment um right to put into a whole nother career you know because everything I do I like to dive in fully and right now I'm focused on my music so I don't know exactly. if I have time for that kind of commitment because there's the auditions there's you have to take dance classes you have to yeah. like have the right resume the right headshots you have to you know, I have to start learning that rep again, going back to mm-hmm. musical theater rep instead of pop music. And the technique styles are different. Um, even though there is a lot of Broadway support in my voice because I'm vocally trained, I uh, it would be a lot of work to go back to that pure musical right. theater sounds and get rid of my popisms. Right. And, <laughs> and the directors definitely get mad at you for using popisms unless if you're doing a specific character. So right. I don't know. It is in there. And I'm never going to say never. But right now, I just want to kind of explore what my music will do for me. Right. That that makes sense. Yeah. So um, this, uh, can you explain how this EP is indicative of how queer men treat each other in relationships? I I was reading the the press release and you mentioned, um, as well as just right now, as far as you losing um, a relationship uh, during the pandemic and the creation of this EP. Um, yeah, I think it's very indicative of how, how gay men treat each other in relationships in the modern world. I don't, I really don't understand, but I think that gay men, they kind of view relationships as expendable. And I'm not going to like, you know, kink shame anybody or anything like that. But I think that we've become a culture that's more focused on sex and not on emotion. I don't really know how that happened because I think that when I was younger, I would look up to gay men and they were more focused on relationships and it was all about, you know, getting a husband and fighting for gay rights and, you know, Mm -hmm. living in those confounds. Whereas I think that like younger gay men didn't have to fight for it. 
So Ooh, talk about they, it. They so they <laughs> just kind of like took it for granted and then didn't even want that. And then they just wanted to be, you know, slutty. And you know, no shame. I'm I've I've been slutty. We've all been slutty. We're gated. <laughs> you know, uh, but I think that that exposure to sex has led men to not really value emotional beings because I think that most gay men view emotions as holding them back and view it Mm -hmm. as being weak i also think it roots in some sort of sexism i think that men think that if they're being emotional they're being too feminine and i don't think that they're being comfortable enough with how they feel inside i mean these are all just my personal opinions you know but i do think that it a man decides that he's going to be cold so he can be more of a man and so he treats other people like they're weak if they have emotions it's just mm-hmm. to prove that they're something bigger, right? And right. indeed, it actually makes them tiny. Um, I think that there's no communication anymore. I don't right. think that men are in a gay relationship because they don't want to offend somebody, they don't want to hurt them, or they want to take advantage of them. I think that a lot of people use each other, and I don't think anybody knows how to have a real connection anymore. At least not, that hasn't been my experience. I think it's harder. I'm not saying everybody can't find it. I'm just saying it's more rare, which is why you should cherish it when you have it. Right. But I just think that communication is at an all-time low because we have apps all the time now. Like you can get on an app and do anything. You can order Domino's. You can order a boy. You can order anything. You <laughs> right. know, And you can't expect that same thing from another human. You know, like there's this fantasy constantly in your hand. And so in reality, you have a person in front of you and you're expecting them to be able to just switch to whatever fantasy you want. And Mm -hmm. you can't do that. You can't do that. Like we're not going to be able to fulfill that. And I don't think that people accept human, you know, I don't know. I think that communication is just out the window and it's really sad. Like tell people what you want, tell people what you're looking for, tell people what you expect. And don't lie to them and don't give them a fantasy just to appease them and then rip it all away. Like instead, like tell people what you want, be honest, be upfront. If you want to just have sex with somebody, be honest about it and don't get their feelings involved. Mm -hmm. Like there are other people to have sex with, you know? Um, Exactly. I don't know. I'm, I'm talking a lot. I have a lot of issues with the modern day world, but I think that in my album, I explore, you know, the denial stage of the, like, being told all the lies and then just seeing through those red flags. Like, in Dagger, it's talking about how, like, don't touch the dagger in my heart. Like, I'm going to be fine. Like, I'm fine. Like, the whole song's happy, but it's about how I'm ignoring the warning signs of this really bad and painful relationship. Mm -hmm. And then in Nightmare, I start seeing the red flags. And I'm like, no, please, please don't be a nightmare. Just just tell me what's wrong. Like you're blaming me for a lot of stuff. Like, just tell me what's up. I, you know, I just want to know. And I just want you to be the guy that you lied to me and told me you were. Mm-hmm. And then in tiny is when I get to anger because I finally understand he's not that guy. It was all off the side. And so it just makes me feel so small that somebody could throw me away like that and right. lie to me and defeat me so deeply after all those beautiful moments that I thought we shared um, and then just realizing it was all just to use me 
you know, mm-hmm. and um, for X, Y, and Z reasons. And so then to cut me off completely led me into depression, right? Like he ghosted me, which is why I wrote to the ghost. Um, mm-hmm. And it's about reaching out and getting nothing in return, but like cold, vicious, you know, backstabbing and a completely different person than the person I fell in love with without, it was just a day and night switch overnight, like with no explanation. And I don't know how I'm supposed to respond to that. And it felt like my whole world was ripped away and I couldn't do anything. I had lost all these other things in my personal life. My family cut me off and, you know, money's been hard because of post-pandemic life. And I had nowhere else to turn. And I got, you know, I started like talking to a doctor and, you know, looking at my life and talking to my friends that I had. And really, I realized that, unfortunately, I wasn't given a family that would care about me. And I wasn't given somebody that's going to love me. Um, And friends can only do so much. So I had to look inside and realize that I can't wait for a man to finally love me. I'm going to have to figure out a way to just move forward and stay strong on my own, which is why I wrote, I have me the final song, the acceptance song, uh, because it's about, you know, realizing that that love needs to really come from within. It's a cliche message, but if I'm not loving myself, I'm just going to keep being devastated when these men leave me. Mm-hmm. It's not about like, you can't, if it's not about like, if you don't love yourself, somebody else can't love you. It's about, you have to love yourself. So when other people don't love you, you're still standing. Exactly. Because I get devastated when, you know, somebody breaks my heart and I can't keep doing that. And I've done it repetitively. Like I pour my heart and soul into somebody and they just completely become this monster or they turn against me or things fall through. And then I'm left broken and crumbled. Mm-hmm. And I realize like, it's because I'm constantly looking for somebody else to love me and I'm not loving myself enough. Um, and I'm awesome. Like, why am I not loving myself <laughs> enough? You know, right. and I think everybody's awesome. Everybody should learn like their strengths. And, you know, like there are so many great things about me that I ignored because these men told me they weren't great. Mm-hmm. And I let those men into my head instead of my voice. And I, the, I have me is about hearing my own voice and realizing how strong I am for going through all of this and surviving. So, yeah, that's. Woo. That's a word. That's a long answer. Right. <laughs> no, it's okay. You said so many important talker. things. <laughs> Once you uh, were uh, talking about uh, how queer men, especially cisgender queer men, are so fixated on masculinity um, yeah. and we're so averse to anything that's feminine, but in the same breath, we'll talk to each other. It's like, yes, girl, yes, honey, yes, queen, yada, yada, yada. It's just this juxtaposition about that is so odd. Um, well, it's, you know, it's funny because like you mentioned the yes girl thing, like they will because it's what's popular. So it's what's yeah. cool and accepted, but they're so deeply rooted in their sexism mm-hmm. that they can't be feminine. And like, cause I get guys all the time who will be like, yes girl, when I'm on stage, or they'll root for like these drag queens or something. And then like, I'll meet them up for a date and I'll be wearing, you know, my clothes. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, oh, you dress like this in everyday life. 
And it's like, they're my clothes. <laughs> so yeah, like this is how I dress. I mean, and I, I consider myself to be more on the masculine feminine side, you know, even in my femme clothes, I feel like they're still not, you know, women's clothing. You know? <laughs> like, right, right. Uh, uh, it's gay clothing for sure. Like it's definitely like, I mean, I'm wearing my nipples out, but <laughs> like, I, I don't feel like it's something that should be pushed away from gay men. And mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting because like I was bullied. I don't know about all these other gay people, but like I was thrown into dumpsters. People were like throwing fireworks at me. People were spinning on me at school. I had somebody throw up on me on purpose once, like oh, wow. for being gay. So Mm -hmm. I'm like super proud of being gay and I like being different. And so whenever a guy is all like, oh, that's what you're wearing. I'm hugely turned off by their like closed mindedness because were they not treated the same? Did they not go through the same thing? Like, why would they pass more judgment on and create Mm -hmm. more trauma? Like, did they learn nothing from their own experience? You know, or were they not bullied and they were living in some sort of other world that i'm not aware of you know what i mean like exactly they want to judge people because they're not the cool kid and then it's just the vicious cycle repeating itself is it not i mean i don't know that's how i think it's just yeah it's like a like you said it's a vicious cycle and it has to stop somewhere like but you have to be nicer to each other like where's the passion where's the love where's the understanding it's okay to not be attracted to somebody right like i get it like if you're not into a guy wearing their nipples out on the street that is your prerogative just be like oh we're not a match babe i'm sorry you know like oh i'm sorry i'm not feeling this there are so many other things that you could say than like this is what you wear all the time and then Mm -hmm. laugh at you you know so many people have already laughed at me why do i have to face that in my own society in my own community right it doesn't make any sense to me yeah and it just hurts more i think it hurts more because this is like the last place i can run to right you know i I think as creatives um we tend to especially for me since i'm a water sign i hold on to a lot of that hurt more than like Mm -hmm. the positive stuff so if somebody hurts my feelings or makes me feel a way that reverts me reverts back to how I felt in my childhood, then I keep on replaying that stuff in my mind in yeah. my mind until I'm driving myself fucking crazy. So it's human. I mean, that's yeah. what we do when somebody hits your trigger, like you can't do anything. They pulled the trigger. You mm-hmm. have to blow, you know, like exactly. And I don't what I don't understand is the lack of compassion when they pull your triggers and you're hurt. How do they not feel bad for hurting other people? You know, Mm -hmm. I find that so many men are like, oh, you're hurt. Oh, well. And I don't, I can't comprehend that part of it. Like, it's one thing to hurt my feelings. It's another to not feel sorry about it. Exactly. Yeah. There's just not enough love. I, I feel bad for the world. There's not, that heart is gone that I saw when I was little looking up to my gay mentors and, you know, the people that I researched and studied about history and the heroes in the gay community that I look up to, mm-hmm. you know, or even the heroes we have today, like people like Billy Porter or, you know, just real true heroes, Bowen Yang and just people who love other people 
Mm-hmm. And we're not looking out to those people. We're looking at to the wrong people. We're looking at people that are hurting others and judging them and only perpetuating this endless self-hatred instead of promoting self-love. Right. Or we're uplifting the people that basically, for lack of better terms, we just want to fuck. It's all about sex, right? It's yeah. all about sex. And it goes back it's to that, so yeah. sad. I love sex. Don't get me wrong. Like, I... <laughs> I love sex. I've had a lot of it. I will continue having a lot of it. <laughs> I, I'm not going to quit having sex. Like, I love it. But it doesn't control me as much right. as I have of it. It doesn't control my emotions. It's not going to prohibit me from, you know, seeking love in my life. I don't want that to be the be-all, end-all. Like, I, when I'm on my deathbed, I don't want to sit there and go, well, I had a lot of sex. No, like, I want to be like, I lived life to the fullest and I found love despite, you know, Dick controlling me. I just think it's, I've seen so many men just like drop somebody that would be really good for them to go to a sex party Mm -hmm. or to hook up in the locker room or to cruise or to just have sex with somebody at a bar. And they'll leave behind this person who is like willing to be there for them at the end of every day. Mm-hmm. And that's just so sad to me. Like you don't want somebody to love you. Like you were so in love growing up as a gay man. And now you just want to continue not being loved. Right. Like it doesn't, I don't know. I just don't understand it personally. Child, it will be here forever. China. Uh, yeah yeah Yeah, i mean that's what my album's about you know it's just kind of like i'm sad that there's no love or compassion anymore and that people don't care when you reach out to them or care about them and they will still hurt you you know and Mm -hmm. yeah that's what the album's about that's why it's called nightmare this (laughs) the dating culture men in general right now on every level with the overturn and everything you know just the way that men treat other people is just unacceptable. And I'm ashamed to be a man these days. Mm-hmm. And then on the double-edged sword of it all, I still want one. Right. You know? Right. So exactly. It's so, a nightmare. So who are some of the artists um, either upcoming or uh, current that you would like to work with in future projects? Um, I mean, like big scale or like reality. Uh, how about both? <laughs> okay, well, on the big scale, I mean, if Taylor Swift ever just like read one of my songs, I would be like so happy. I think she's incredible, um, just queen of songwriting. The way she can just like write words deeply and meaningfully and catchy and universal, but also with these like personal details, it's just incredible and the poetry that she uses is unparalleled for real her and sarah borelli's i love the way that sarah borelli's writes like Mm -hmm. so so honestly and so just with so much conviction and the her extensive vocabulary sarah borelli's is just a genius um just real songwriters like that i would also love to do like a bonnie anthem with lizzo I think that that would be incredible. Lizzo's my girl. Her new album album just came out and it's like, 
top shelf. Like she is just went all out on this new album. I don't know if you've taken a chance to listen I to it. I haven't listened to it yet. I think I'll try to do that tomorrow. <laughs> it's so good. You have to your your gay card's gonna be revoked if you don't listen to it. I, I mean God, yeah, I need to like it. literally oh, though you have to approval. <laughs> um Olivia Rodrigo, of course. I mean she's incredible. Um I just love so many artists. I mean but those are yeah mainly a bunch of girls basically because I'm ever men. Um, but on the small <laughs> scale, um, I have some like collaborative stuff in the projects and the works. I've been writing for other artists lately. I think that I really want to start writing for other people um, and work on my new album separately for a while. I did some work with Tom Goss, who I always love working with. And that led me to like do some more duets. I'm going to do a duet with my producer, Ricky Olsen. Um, okay. we've been working on one of those and, you know, I love doing duets. I do it with a lot of people. There are some people that I don't want to announce anything, but I've talked right, to a course. bunch of people about doing a bunch of duets coming up. Um, but I would love to work with like, um, you probably haven't heard of her, but there's this artist named Kara Connolly, who's an independent artist and she is fabulous and incredible. And she sent me a message about my new album telling me that she like really enjoyed it. And I'm a real fan of her. So that was really nice of her to do and if we could do something together she's kind of like a a mini taylor swift like Mm -hmm. she's on that path so i would love to just record with her um god there's so many people that i would love to just get in a studio with um but yeah i mean i am such a collaborative person we could be here all day i could literally work with anyone um and everyone (laughs) Uh, there's this um, wonderful artist named Zan the Artist who we are in the process of writing something together and I think that that's going to be really cute um, but yeah just I like writing every genre too so pop, rock, country throw it all in, hip hop I'll do it like I love <laughs> I just love music and I love being in the studio so anybody mm-hmm. and everybody Awesome so because this podcast is based in uh, geek culture as well. What are some things that you geek out about? Um, well, I'm a huge Marvel buff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, obviously the Marvel universe is like my biggest thing. I uh, based my last video, Tiny, uh, the character in it is based on the Scarlet Witch from the Multiverse oh. of Madness mm-hmm. because um, she was just so scorned. And, you know, I think that she was completely justified in her actions because she was oh i'm a scarlet (laughs) she was trying to save her children and you know find them and they Mm -hmm. were real to her and they existed in every other reality in every other dimension and to know that she was happy in every dimension but the one she was in like yeah justified and so i based my character on her um because everybody's been calling me crazy and stuff so I was like, the craziest I could be is the Scarlet Witch because it's still justified. Mm-hmm. Um, so I based my character on her. Um, I geek out over that. I geek over um, like fairy tales and legends. And I get into like um, like the Egyptian gods and I oh, geek yes. out over like uh, Wiccan stuff and like crystals and tarot mm-hmm. cards and, um, you know, spirit boards and things like that. I geek out over like paranormal stuff like ghosts and mm-hmm. uh you know and that's why like nightmare the nightmare theme 
like uh so i did witches and tiny and then i'm gonna do like zombies in my next mm-hmm. video and stuff like that i uh i'm a big sci-fi geek so i like uh like buffy and charmed and things like that i love uh, doctor who and things um yeah i just i geek out the marvel universe i'm not into like more of the likes i don't like star wars or Star Trek, it's more of a superhero or I can supernatural. That. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't like the ones that involve a lot of smarts or like just boy action. I like the ones rooted in emotion. Mm-hmm. Um but did you watch Miss Marvel? I'm I'm currently I'm currently on episode four, so don't tell me anything. Okay. It's I love that show. It's it's a culture she's that we so haven't cute. seen. She's so adorable. And I love her. And it is just like the cat the whole cast is like gorgeous um and i love that we have we're getting the pakistani (laughs) culture that we haven't if we're talking about pakistan on the uh in cinema it's usually from a terroristic point of view or something that oh we have to so to see this light and airy universe well i love the whole storyline that's developing of her friend wanting to be like on the mosque board and like have right. a female voice and she's like 13 or you know wanting exactly. to be on the board of the mosque and like she's the one who stands up when the, like the government tries to break in and i really appreciated her storyline um i can't wait to see how that develops and i hope she gets on the board but um it's just yeah it's so fascinating to see because we are sheltered from that because of 9 11 mm-hmm. right like yep. i haven't seen anything positive about that kind of culture since then exactly. i would say um and you said so it's uh, very lovely like, to see you said you like uh egyptian um yeah well uh, I, Egypt. I do i used to study like mummies in elementary school and stuff and the pyramids and mm-hmm. um i love like all of that like i love like the you know stories and then of course they did moon Knight in marvel I was about to ask you yes <laughs> which is based on the egyptian gods which i was like oh my god so i really love moon knight and that was really cool it was also an allegory for mental health which i thought was really important yeah <clears throat> sorry who's something in my throat <clears> throat> um but yeah it was like an allegory for mental health and battling the different personalities and mm-hmm. i thought that was incredible while also the egyptian gods and the folklore of that i mean it was like everything all rolled in together superhero with egyptian gods it was really cool um i really was fascinated by like the death process of the egyptians when i was was, younger yes yes exactly like they would they would pull the brain from the yeah from with a hook yeah like get it how like and can you imagine the amount of time because like i just recently started shaving my head that takes me two hours can you imagine like digging up my head once and i said never again oh my god that was so hard yeah yeah (laughs) i mean yeah i've i've lacked in the keeping up with the shaving my head because of how long it takes and the amount of effort (laughs) i'm like i'll just go somewhere to have it done for me because that oh what do you geek out about like what's your favorite marvel character favorite marvel character um i would have to say storm is my favorite oh my gosh. Book. storm apocalypse and mr sinister are my three favorite Ooh. characters i like the the juxtaposition of good versus evil because uh-huh. evil is only your percep- perception of it because are you one of those people who defend magneto 
know, I mean, <laughs> we could get into it because I don't think Magneto is necessarily wrong. His method might be fucked up, but uh, he's yeah. always right because uh, Homo sapiens always want to kill what they don't understand. And we can yep. look on history for that, but his mm-hmm. methods are usually fucked up. Yeah, and two wrongs don't make a right, though. Exactly. The two wrongs do not make a right. However... So he's, he's got some learning to do. He's, And I wish he would learn it and learn it well, but sometimes he'll <laughs> learn it and then forget about it and then just go back to yeah. good old fashioned. Sometimes he'll learn it and then a human will say something wrong and he's like, trigger. Right, exactly. Now I'm <laughs> exactly. I like the idea of Mr. Sinister because I always thought, um, like going back to the X-Men animated series, that he was coded as being queer. Mm. So that registered for me. And then like the genetics. I was never smart enough for genetics and studying mm-hmm. that in school, but learning about it always seemed interesting. And he was just a fascinating character for me. Yeah, I like, for I like, sure. Um, it feels like villains sometimes always have more fun than the the bad, the good guys. But, well, because know. the good guys have to like be role models. Yeah, the good guys so, have to be role models and they have to, you know, save the day. And, but And the bad guys have to like dive into like the whole full brisket to become the bad example, you know, like Exactly. Yeah, they have, to, but they have to be justified because you have to see what brought them there and what took them there. So that way people right. can learn a lesson. If people can't relate to the villain, then they're not going to learn anything from the story. Exactly. So also, you have to uh, show the humanity. However, they did too good of a job of showing the human side of Scarlet Witch. That's all I'm saying. She, <laughs> She's too justified. Scarlet <laughs> too Witch. Justified. I have issues with Ms. Wanda. Um, oh no, are we gonna fight? <laughs> <laughs> I, like she she kidnapped the town. She didn't because, mean to. She didn't know. Because her man died, well, her robot friend or boyfriend or jump off um, her, died twice. The love of her times. life. <laughs> the love of her life. And she had to do it. That yes, that is true. She had to do it. Do you think but, she didn't black out from depression from that? Like, she did not know she was kidnapping this town until it was too late. That is and then true. she was living in the daydream. That is true. Come <laughs> <laughs> on, shameless plug. <laughs> she was living, she literally says it in the movie. She was like, every night I have the same wonderful dream and I wake up to this nightmare and I was like, I feel so seen. What did you um, think about WandaVision? I love WandaVision. It's incredible. Uh, I mean, the, the end, of course, everybody was mad about the end. It didn't do what they wanted it to, but we know why. It was the exactly. pandemic. And they couldn't do anything about a global pandemic. However, I think the show in itself, Catherine Hahn is a comedic genius, a wonderful actress. Isn't she? Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see this Agatha Harkness like series that they're making because mm-hmm. um, she's incredible. I think that Wanda herself, I, Marvel hasn't done that before. You know, right. they haven't really dived into a character's whole psyche and shown different colors of the character. And, you know, Elizabeth Olsen got to be in, you know, I Love Lucy and The Brady Bunch and right. Malcolm in the Middle and Modern Family and uh, 
you know, dive in. And Kat Dennings was in it, who I love from Two Broke Girls. And, you know, it got also got like that, um, the dude from Ant-Man, the agent guy, he got a bigger part. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. then we got um, Captain Marvel's, uh, God, I don't remember her name. What was her yeah. name? The, uh, what was the her agent name? who got her powers. I can't uh, remember her superhero name. One of them is Photon, but that's, I don't think that's the, oh my God, I am blanking too. Y'all know who there the hell we're talking about. We know. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not like, this is not my main fandom that I follow, but uh, I got really excited to see all these different things that Marvel wasn't doing. And mm-hmm. I like to see women being the power because exactly. the men were not the villain in this. You know, Vision fought himself. And mm-hmm. I think that that was really cool to like show that kind of like, we shouldn't exist, that kind of like, Mel versus Mel, but it's internal and against mm-hmm. yourself battle, which I also think that Marvel is diving into a lot lately because we had Doctor Strange fighting Doctor Strange. And in Midnight, we had, you know, the two different personalities, um, right. Mark and, you know, fighting himself. And I uh, I think that that's really cool. Um, right. But I, I think- love that, like, Agatha and Wanda were fighting. I love to see two women, you know, be the powers. Because if we're going to keep it honest, uh, women have consistently propped up the uh, Marvel Comics and DC Comics um, for since their inception. So, I mean, I've and seen... isn't that true in reality too? In real society, exactly. like we would not be anywhere without women. I think that women are the superior sex, and I think that men have been fearful of everyone to figure that out, so they have pushed women down. Mm-hmm. Because women are better at everything. They're smarter. They're more logical. They create life. <laughs> you know, like... Right. Like, and it's... Uh, women. To create life. That's it. That You could cut it right there. Period. You don't have to list, list the other accomplishments. Period. Like, I mean, I just... And so I love that when a powerful woman character happens in something like Marvel, just in general, it, it's always about more than her just saving the day. It's mm-hmm. about her overcoming society and still saving the day, even when it's ugly and treating right. her like second class. You know, and then that breaks down into all the minorities and all the characters. And now we have like queer heroes and, you know, uh, in the Eternals, there's a gay couple. Yep. And, you know, we see them with a kid in like a mainstream movie. Like that's a big deal. Um, and it, it wasn't just, like a small thing that they could have edited out. Like it was a yeah, no, it was a storyline. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't just like a gay dance and Beauty and the Beast. It was like a right. big deal moment. And so I love seeing that. Of course, um, that kind of progress. It's just you know, but it's still not enough. It's still very rare. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still like when I see it, I'm like, oh wow, and I want to get to the point where like it's like oh a gay character. Right. You know, and but the fact that it's still shocking people is kind of upsetting. I don't know. It, it is. <laughs> so we're going to uh, we're wrapping up here and I have a couple of more questions for you. Um, okay. So what are some upcoming projects that are coming down the pipeline for you that you can tell um, the audience? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I am writing for some people. I have some people recording some music that I've written that's coming up. I have a dance remix of Nightmare coming out in august i'm really excited to drop that because 
you know, it's a sad album. So I wanted people to like dance a little bit. Um, I have some videos coming up that I'm talking to people about and some performances. I am uh, performing at Rainbow Mountain in August. Uh, I'm really excited about that. And, you know, I constantly gig in New York City. I have a monthly show that I'm a producer of called Vinyl Fantasy at $3 Bill in Brooklyn. Um, So if you're in New York, come and check it out. It's a tribute concert show to famous people. And we do the entire album of like, we'll pick an album. Like this month we're doing Aaliyah, I Care For You. And we're getting a bunch of NYC nightlife talent. I know. (laughs) <laughs> Love Aaliyah, right? It's been a long time since I met you. And uh, just the whole album is great. And we're getting pumped up for that. That's going to be on like next Monday. So we're ramping up for that. Then we're going to do Miley uh, next. And I'm going to be singing in that one. Um, that's in August. And yeah, I can't announce any other things until we announce it. But um, I'm really excited about that and being a producer in that show and gigging in New York. And then I'm writing my next album, which is going to be called Lucid. Um, That probably won't come out until next year though, because of money. I'm still pretty poor. Um, But yeah, I'm going to do Lucid, which is because I did Daydream and I did Nightmare. So I was like, okay, sleep. Yeah. Lucid dreaming, (laughs) which is a whole other thing. And I just wanted to go on this like dance journey and, give the fans what they wanted after putting up with all this heartbreak singing I'm doing. I want to give them, you know, a lot of life and a lot of positive outlook and hope and share my inner voice that I hear that's keeping me alive right now. Excellent. Excellent. And so our, my final question for you is what do you want your fans, um, people who are new to your music, what do you want them to take out of it at the end of the day? I think that my music, um, the constant theme is just to appreciate and own every single part of who you are. I think that all of my songs deal with a message of um, accepting some flaw that I have. And, you know, like body positive is about loving your body. I have me as accepting your mental trauma and loving yourself despite all of the setbacks you had in your life. You know, um, all of my songs deal with a theme of like loving yourself despite the struggles, despite the flaws, despite, you know, anything, your, your age, your color, your shape, your heartbreak, your, you know, disabilities, your anything. I think that when I have fans or when somebody listens to my music, I want them to feel more loved and realize that just because the world doesn't love you doesn't mean that you can't love yourself. And it doesn't mean that you can't love others. You know, don't Mm -hmm. let the darkness of the nightmares of the world stop you from being a shining daydream. You know, don't let society break down your soul. And, you know, I think that I do it with fun, catchy pop music and it's really lighthearted and it's easy to digest. Um, a lot of people say it's easy listening and it's powerful messaging. Um, and I think that that's true. I've seen a lot of people cry when they listen to my music. I've held a lot of people after my shows that were moved by what I said because it's really hard to accept yourself. And right. all I want to be in the world is an inspiration for other people who are going through the traumatic chaos that I went through 
and be an inspiration for them to keep going, just like pop music did for me. Because pop music is the only thing that kept me going on my lowest points. Mm-hmm. And I want to be that for somebody else. And I think that I'm on my way. I think that when people do listen to it, they are moved. And that's all I can strive to do. I mean, these songs come to me for a reason. I, you know, wake up and they just hit me or I'm walking down the street and then suddenly there's a song in the universe and it's my job to give that to the world. You know, I don't sit around and think about, Ooh, what am I going to write about? What am I going to do next? What am I going to, it comes to me like out of nowhere, the whole song, it just, boom. Oh, I have to write this down. And there's gotta be a reason for that. Like that's, that's a gift. Like that's not even talent really. It's not a talent. Like I don't, I mean, like I can cultivate that talent, right? Like, and I try to do that and I'm writing for other people and using talent, but my songs are a gift because they come to me out of nowhere mm-hmm. and they're just in the universe now and there has to be a reason. And I think the only purpose is to help other people. And that's why I sacrifice so much. I work so hard to make it. And, you know, that's why I'm so poor and I have nothing and I'm never going to have anything or achieve anything because I'm putting everything into this music because I do believe there's a reason. And I think it is, yeah to help people accept exactly who they are, no matter what. We're always chiseling away the statue to make a mm-hmm. piece of art. And we have to accept every crack in the marble. Ooh, that is, oh, that is very beautiful. Um, Thank you. Yes, I, I fully believe what you said. And Thank you. I, I think it's hard. Really it's happy. not easy. It, it is not. <laughs> something no. that you love uh, is never never easy no um but i want to thank you so much for thank you for having oh my god i'm sorry i talked so much yeah it is completely <laughs> fine um can you tell everybody uh where they can listen to uh nightmare where they can find you on social media um yeah so you can stuff. um follow me on social media on instagram and on tiktok i am jr priceless five eva um eva the number five um, and then on, uh, no, on TikTok, I'm just JR Priceless, sorry. On Twitter and on Instagram, I'm JR Priceless 5 the You can find my music on all platforms. JR Price, you have to type in JR Price with the periods, and then you have to type in Nightmare or Daydream. Um, there's another JR Price in like Korea or somewhere who I am not. So you have to <laughs> type in the periods. Um, yeah, I'm an independent artist, so it's a little bit harder, but I'm on all platforms. I'm on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Pandora, Tidal, Google Play, Amazon Music, Apple Music, anything you have, uh, JR Price, Daydream, Nightmare, um, my biggest song is Body Positive, uh, my newest single is called Tiny, so look it up. You all listen to this, this EP, it really spoke to me in a in a way that music hadn't in a while, especially That's so sweet. Music. Oh my God. Thank you. I, I usually listen to, you know, disco, 70s, of 80s course. type of music. So, Why wouldn't you? Exactly. Um, so listening to newer music is always a pulling teeth with myself. So I really enjoyed this, uh, this EP. Um, and as always, you can like, rate, subscribe to uh, Megasheen, wherever you download your podcast. Uh, we're on uh, Twitter and Facebook at Megasheen1. If you want to follow our personal accounts, I'm at Victor. Uh, 
No, I'm not. I'm at uh, what Porter say. Vickers at Wonder Man 5. If you want to contact us, we are, are at megashing6 at gmail.com. Um, I think that's about it. JR, thank you so much again. Thank you. And thank you. I hope you have such a great day and bounds of success in your future. Thank you. You're so sweet. Thank you for, that was so nice of you. Thank you to say that about my album. Thank you. Thank you.